So in our lectionary, we're in the place where Diane was reading, and Paul has uh, done a wonderful job at, at unpacking. And I want to kind of share a few things, and I'll see how our time goes, but just a few surmises that have come out of this passage for me this week, and, uh, and see if that might be helpful to us as, as we unpack this. And the first is the context um, that, uh, that we find ourselves in here. Uh, Jesus is with his disciples, he's aware of what's ahead, and he's spending time with them. And in that time he's spending with them, as well as giving them some teaching, you can tell there's a pastoral scenario going on. I was thinking about the emotions of the disciples during this uh, in the past week. Um, what are they thinking at this point? We've, um, we're probably in the middle of foot washing, um, last supper, um, uh, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going ahead of you. Where are you going? We don't know where you're going. All this stuff is going on around the disciples. And I imagine they're in the midst of confusion, restless hearts. Uh, their, their minds are thinking, oh, he's going to take over the Roman Empire. But actually, they're beginning to see that it might not end the way they thought it would end. And Jesus is pastorally encouraging them in some ways in their turmoil. The only way I could think of it was those of you who've left your children in Edinburgh or Glasgow or Liverpool or Cambridge or Oxford or wherever it's been. That's the kind of feeling. The last supper before you go, or even worse, the first supper on the next uh, motorway uh, diner when you've just left them. It's a time of parting. It's a time of not knowing what's next. It's a time of have I left them with enough to get them through. It's uh, it's all those things that are going on in the lives of the disciples and Jesus at this point. And I think when he's talking about remaining in the vine and abiding in the vine is the the word that maybe um, more traditionally is used here. The the remaining is that kind of Keeping the connection when I'm gone is going to be really important. I'm trying to get you to to graft in. I'm trying to get you to remember the things I said. I'm trying to get you to realize you're, you're, you're part of a family now. I no longer call you servants, but I call you brothers and sisters. He's trying to say to them pastorally, listen, I'm leaving you. It's going to be a bit more difficult because you're not going to see me, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. I want you to remain in me. And there's those times when... I imagine whether you're the student or whether you're the parent that you're just praying for remaining in. You're just praying to see through a difficult time. And maybe all of us or some of us this morning are having a difficult time. And pastorally, Jesus is whispering to us, graft in, remain. Don't go off on your own or don't get disconnected make sure you stay in the presence of God just believing that God is there I've shared it with you before but when my mum passed away the only thing the only thing that transcended whatever that was that I was going through was just my hand and Janice's hand that was it just knowing that I could remain in, just knowing that there was somebody there, just knowing that you could abide and connect. 
I think in this passage, Jesus is sharing that with us. But it's more, this passage, than the presence of God in difficult times. God's looking for active and proactive transformation from his disciples. I could go into the Old Testament connections, the way the Good Shepherd last week, we go back to, uh, very obviously, uh, Psalm 23. You probably don't go as obviously back into Isaiah chapter 5, but at the end of or a, a little song about the vineyard, um, it says, The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel, and the people of Judah are the vines he delights in. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. Jesus has taken the place of Judah as, as the vine. But God is still looking for those who grafted into that vine bring justice and righteousness, the fruit of justice and righteousness in their lives and in the life of the society around them. There's also that identity thing going on here. I am. I am the good shepherd. I am the bread. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the vine. The I am being maybe more important than the descriptions because the I am takes us back to that burning bush where Moses didn't want to go. Who will I say sent me? I am sent you. I am. Name for God. I am the vine. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. God, there's Christology here. There's the divinity of Christ going on here. There is also that idea that with the I am grafted into the I am, we can become who we are. The title of, um, on the front of your order of service came far too early to give any guide to what the sermon would be because it needs to be with Roberta a lot earlier than my mind starts to think. Uh, in fact, she probably wouldn't get it to about 25 past 10 on a Sunday if we left it that long. But I was scrambling for a title and, of course, then went to the default to that U2 song, All Because of You, I Am. But also All Because of You, I Am. Because the I Am is the name for God as well as the All Because of You, I Am. But being grafted in, having the hand in the glove, the way that we can be who we are, 1010, is because of God. All because of the I am. I can be who I am supposed to be. But let me get on to two little things that I want us to unpack, maybe together, because I'm not sure I've cracked the second one. This abiding and remaining, what does that mean? To remain on the vine. To be branches that remain in. To are grafted in or abide in. Couldn't help thinking about a story. When uh, Caitlin was very tiny. Um, she, had, she was able to talk but she was tiny. She was lying between us on a Saturday morning. Don't mess with me on a Saturday morning. I don't want to get up early on a Saturday morning. But Caitlin was messing with us because she was a child. Get up goodness me don't be so lazy get out of bed and take me to the park and so she's lying between us and we have that perfect um, stockman dynamic 
Janice is Miss Zen Presbyterian. She's just lying there, taking it all in, being as calm as you like, and I'm going, just get that child to be quiet for a minute. And in the midst of it, I have my glasses on, so there was movements towards getting up, you know, but you want that extra five minutes. And just right there, right between us, Caitlin, maybe I don't know, was she 18 months maybe a bit older because she says these words. She looks into my glasses and obviously in her glasses sees a reflection and she's looking straight at me and she says, I see myself. I see myself. And I'm going, oh, out of the mouths of babes. She's looking at me and she can see something of what she's going to be because it's in the DNA because she can see her own reflection in my glasses and ain't that the truth. I'll not quote him literally, but uh, wasn't Philip Larkin right when he said we've got parents and that's why we're messed up? Yeah, yeah, she saw herself. And we see our kids. I see my dad. I, I, the man is alive in me. It's, you, there's things you do and you go, he didn't set me down and teach me to do that. He was always in the wrong lane. But he didn't teach me to be in the wrong lane. There was no time I can remember in my childhood where over tea or dinner or on holidays, he said, Steve, when you're the age I'm giving you this information at, I want you to make sure you're in the wrong lane. Every time. So as Janice is like your mum and saying to you, should you not go into that lane about two miles before... He didn't teach me that. Now here's the thing. He probably did set me down and teach me some things specifically. I'm not sure I remember any of them. But the things I imbibe by abiding. The things I found because I was around him and my mum and my granny and my uncle. The people you're around influence who you are and who you become and I think there's something of that here I think there's something where God's given us some advice Chris is the gap between what we envision ourselves to be and who we are or how close we're becoming to it if you have that vision of who you want to become and you're trying to work out how you get closer to it on a daily basis then what Jesus is saying here is, abide in me, remain in me, be around me. That might be steeping yourself in the Gospels. That might be being with the people of God on a Sunday morning. That might be um, praying. It might be worshipping. It might be sharing. It might be in mission. It might be being around the right kind of people that just allow God to push that life from the vine into the different branches. But abiding in God, that's what changes us. Saturating ourselves in Jesus and who Jesus was, being in the places that Jesus calls us to be and that Jesus was, being around the people who model Jesus the best in your life, that's abiding, that's remaining, that's going to rub off the way those bad habits rub off every morning when I with almost the same high pitch as my mother say 
Where's my keys? Being around people. Shape who we are. And then finally this bearing fruit. God wants us to bear fruit. God wants, wanted the people of Israel to bear fruit. They were to be lights to the nation. It's not about some salvation that stops with me. It's not being in the presence that stops with me. It's about God doing something in my branch off the vine that bears other fruit, that maybe creates other branches. That's the ultimate for God here. He wants us to know who he is, to be so involved in his presence and so be grafted into the vine that we will bear fruit for him. And after the AGM last week, my goodness, the, the fruit that's being born, the harvest of fruit that's being reaped from this community right across the world, from the Onialakus to the Safaras to the Zanini Bintuanas to uh, Lorraine and David going to India to various other ones of you involved in other places around the world, to what happens here in Belfast because Ken came back and made a friendship with Father Jerry Reynolds, that impacts the world in incredible ways. I, Tony McCauley, the, the writer of the books, when we had him here to do a reading, he was walking around the side outside. He wasn't in the welcome area. It was pre-welcome area. And we were walking out around here and he looked up and he said, this church has meant so much to me. And I've never been inside it. Bearing fruit, Fitzroy. Bearing fruit to people that never even have come inside the door, but have influ been influenced and changed and transformed and inspired by what you've done as a congregation, by what you've done as individuals. And then I'm the pastor and I look out and I think there's some of you sitting there and saying, I'm not bearing much fruit or I can't bear fruit. I wonder actually, if those of you who don't think you're doing it are maybe doing it better than others, oh yeah, you're not making friendships with um, uh, very important people and you're not being asked to speak at big conferences, but where you are and who you're visiting and the neighbor that you go and speak to or how many of you are bearing fruit for God in the things that you do. And as somebody said to me last night, they said that they heard someone say that the, uh, now don't get this, I need, I need to be careful how I say this. I need to have a sorbet between what I said last and what I say now. I want you to get this right. That actually the fruit that looks the worst is the fruit that tastes the best. Michael Adair is going to bring some jackfruit home for us from Uganda. Now the jackfruit is something else. It's about this size. We were given one as a gift three years ago and we had to get kids to carry it to the bus because I was going to have to get it on my shoulder and do weight training to get it back. Can't bring it here. It's just impossible to bring here. It's so big. It's not the, not, when I'm in Uganda, it's not the nicest looking fruit I've ever seen, Michael. It just doesn't look great. But when you get into it, here's a fruit that tastes good, but not only tastes good, but has really wonderful health qualities in all kinds of ways. So Michael and his mates have come up with this idea to get jackfruit dried, bring it home, all kinds of stuff. It's not the best looking fruit in Uganda, but it might be the one with the best application for our lives. It might be the one that could bear most fruit within us. 
And I look out and I think, all of you can bear fruit. And I think some of us bear fruit even when we're just holding on to somebody's hand because we're going through something tough. And people see something of God in the way that we deal with it. But the call this morning is, how can we bear fruit? Couldn't help go back, going to repeat a story, but then I'm always repeating stories and I love to repeat stories until I'm at a prayer meeting and somebody repeats one of my stories that I keep repeating. Then I know I've got it in. But that last hymn that's new to us, in the process in the waiting, you're making melodies over me. In the process in the waiting, in the gap that Chris was talking about, wherever we are today in our journey, however we're feeling at the moment, maybe not feeling physically good, maybe not feeling spiritually good, maybe not feeling emotionally good, Maybe not feeling that we've done enough for God. In the process, in the waiting, God's making melodies over me. That's what the hymn says. And it's that story about the pianist. The pianist in Madison Square Gardens or wherever he was, who was such a wonderful pianist that he had tails in his coat that he had to put up before he sat down and did all that fancy stuff that I would be really of no interest to, but Richard Guthrie would love. That Chris Blake would love. And he's playing along and everybody's listening and everything's wonderful and it's just incredible. He's even maybe doing Rick Maninoff and only know about him through the movie Shine. <coughs> but anyway, he's hard to play apparently. So maybe he's doing that too. Anyway, the story is that in the break, everybody's off having what they have in Madison Square Gardens. A little bit of champagne, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And the wee boy who's four, maybe Ronan would be a good example. Maybe Gladys is wee boy. He finds himself up here. He's the new Isaac. Uh, and both good athletes by the way so don't stop them running around the front that's their training at an early stage and uh, Ronan Run gets up and he he gets onto the the seat and he thinks well that's what your other man was doing so I'm going to do it and he starts banging away as hard as he can and the noise is awful and the parents are somewhere up there going ah they'd lost him for a moment or two and there he is on the stage but before his parents get there the pianist gets there so the wee guy's banging away and he looks up and he can see a shadow appear around the top of the piano. And he's thinking, I hope it's my mother. But he looks up and it's not his mother. And he's wondering what judgment's going to descend when the hands of the pianist come out beside his hands and start playing a tune and he hears these words whispered in his ear, keep playing, just keep playing, just keep playing. Are you serious, big lad? He hammers away as hard as he can. And in the midst of that hammering, in the process, in the waiting, the master musician weaves a melody over his banging. Nothing's going to happen without God doing it in our lives. But nothing's going to happen if we expect God to do everything in our lives. So let's keep banging knowing that if we keep banging, somehow in the worst of tunes maybe, God will bring the best of melodies out and bear fruit honestly through even me or you. Let's pray. Our God, may we abide in you. May we find those places that we can saturate our lives in Jesus and what you taught and believed and shared and how you lived and how your Holy Spirit enables us still to live. That whoever we are today, we may know your hand in our hands through the difficult times, but we know that even then, even then, when it seems as if all we are is a banging noise, 
that you can bear fruit and play melodies over us. May it be so in Jesus' name. Amen.